0: All right, ladies Hi. and gentlemen, welcome. We are uh, back, and you're listening to The Decision Hour. We have a very special guest uh, on the line with us. Uh, John, are you there?
1: Yeah, I'm here.
0: Good. I appreciate you uh, taking time. John, you got a very important message uh, that you'd like to share with all of our listeners uh, here at The Decision Hour and on the Heroes Media Group uh, network. So, uh, John, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, and, and then I'm just going to turn the mic over to you, buddy.
1: All right, man. Hey, thanks for having me, having me, by the way. I just want to put that out there right away um, and allow me to, you know, spread the message. And um, so basically a little, a little backstory about me. Uh, I enlisted in the Marines on September 12, 2005. Um, uh, I was a, I'm sorry, I was attached to 3-1. Uh, I was a 0341 Mortarman uh, Ford Observer. With the uh, weapons company 81 Splatoon. Uh, we were slated for a deployment to Iraq, Al Anbar province, in 2007. Um, we were deployed, and uh, short, long story short, my I was in the lead vehicle as a machine gunner, and our vehicle stepped on, or not stepped, rolled over a pressure plate IED, and I don't know if I came down on my Kevlar or my head hit the actual machine gun, but my head somehow impacted something hard causing a traumatic brain injury, which made me lose, let's see, I was going on 22. So 21 years of my memory, uh, vestibular, things you work for balance, uh, short-term, long-term memory. Um, there was something else. See, now I'm having problems with it. Uh, so speech was another one. Um, I never fully regained my memories whatsoever. Um, then I still have problems. Like it seems like I'm sometimes retarded because I, I know the word I want to say, but I can't say it or I can actually spell it out, but I can't physically say the word. Um, so I had to do physical therapy and after two years of physical therapy, um, it was time for me to get out of the Marine Corps. But I decided I wasn't done, so I re-enlisted in 2009, actually April 2009, and uh, my unit, again, was uh, slated for an Afghanistan deployment in 2010. We were deployed to Helmet Province, Afghanistan, and at the time I was a corporal as a squad leader with three guys underneath me. and one day we were doing some knock and greet in a small village. I was up front with a metal detector and, uh, we walked into a compound and, you know, of course I walk in first, my guys walk directly behind me. I sweep the individual rooms as close as I can get it. They go in the rooms, they clear them. Everything's good. Clear the goat area, clear the bathroom area, clear the storage area. Everything's good, man. Turn around, and tell my sergeant, "Hey, I'm going to go stand security outside with some guys." I just, I turn around, and the next thing I know, I'm being flown through the air. Um, very, very traumatic injury. I was immediately a triple amputee. Both legs were amputated just above the knee. Right arm was immediately amputated above the elbow. Uh, left arm was basically hanging on by a sinew, muscle, tendons. Yeah, uh, No bone. I don't, think, I don't think any bone was attached. I can't remember. I have to read my medical reports, apparently. Uh, I had a degloving incident, which basically the skin was peeled off of my left arm, off of my left forearm, I should say. So after a lot of battles, I was put down, not put down. I was uh, sedated for about two, two and a half months. Came out, and uh, I was told that I was a quadruple MPT. So from 2010 to November, 2012, I was doing physical therapy, occupational therapy, learning how to use prosthetics and deal with this. Cause that's what you have to do, you know, and cope with the injury and learning how to become more independent. not fully independent with prosthetics There's something that can't really do like cutting can't really cut things. I want to be a chef. So that's kind of important to me. Um, In 2013, 2013, I think it was November, December 2013, I knew about a guy in Spain who got a double leg transplant. So I Googled him and all of a sudden I saw that there was a hospital in the United States looking for uh, leg transplant for people that wanted to be leg transplant recipients. Immediately, just started blowing up their phone and their emails, just sending them countless emails with pictures of me saying, "Hey, please, you know, get back to me. I'm really interested in this program. Uh, I need more information." Finally, got a hold of the administrative director. Her name's Lisa, and uh, you know, we talked to the, I talked to the doctors and everything, and they said, "Hey, why don't you come up after the new year? Because you know, doctors go on vacation sometimes. I guess apparently that's a thing that they do." <laughs> And went up there in January, got tested, a whole bunch of tests, some of them weren't so fun, um, and uh, they told me that, they yes, they can do a leg transplant, but only on my right leg because my right leg is amputated just above my knee. But because of a flesh-eating virus that I picked up in wonderful Afghanistan, uh, the fleshing virus ate my first layer, my abdominal muscle, and my left leg all the way up to the. Uh, I'm a, what's called what's known as a hip disarticulation. So, so there's nothing to attach a left leg to. So they said that they could do the right leg, but they would like to do my arms first. Um, so I said absolutely, you know, and I told them about me missing my left bicep because once again, fleshing virus ate that too. Uh, and they said, you know, we can transplant the donor's bicep into your arm. So after a lot of testing, I had to do a whole bunch of psychological exams because of my traumatic brain injury. They wanted to make sure that I could comprehend what life was going to be like as a transplant recipient. That means no smoking, anything, even if it's legal marijuana, nothing cigarettes, nothing. Drinking is okay. But I can't become alcoholic. They want me to live a very, very clean life. Um, you know, if, you know if, I, if I decide to travel to the United States, they want me probably to make sure that, you know, what's going on there, probably check in with them too kind really talk to them about that. But, yeah, I've seen some scary things. Um, and in February, I think it was February, I got approved. I needed a few more things to be done, a few more tests. And after these tests, I finally got approved. And in August 27th, 2014, at 11.03 a.m., and this it will remain in my mind to the day I die, most likely, I was approved for a double arm transplant. And um, they, you know, they put me on the waiting list. Thankfully, there's not that many people waiting for arms. Um, so I am on top of the list for my age group and. Uh, with my skin color and gender, and uh, so I'm on top of the list just waiting. And I'm on here today because uh, the main reason is to raise awareness for the need of donors, not just organ donors, but skin. I'm not trying to creep anybody out, but skin, eye, face, and limb transplant. Yeah. You know, there's been burn victims, there's been firefighters who get third degree burns in their faces just completely deformed because of their, what they did, what, you know, what they do. That, but every day they run into fires to save your kids and to save you. And, you know, they need skin or they need face or they need eye transplant. Whereas I, you know, ran into combat and I knew what my job was going to what possibly could happen to me. And it did. And now I'm trying to get an arm transplant so hopefully, able to go to culinary school and become a chef and I mean, i'm trying to raise awareness for
0: that so, so john this is something yeah, first off you, you know you you hear a lot of, as, as a fellow veteran you know i was i was in the army myself so so thank you brother uh for your for your sacrifice and and and, and being brave enough to come on and, and, and tell your story you know i i personally i i have not uh, you know, I've heard of you know you, you know people getting like kidney transplants or you know that need a new yeah. set of eyes or or something like this, but but I, I've never heard of anything like this uh, before. And
1: and that's the part of the problem too. I mean, the very first quadruple entity from the Iraq Afghan wars, Brandon Morocco. You know, he he's had his transplant since uh, December two thousand twelve, and You know, I tell people about this transplant and they're like, no, you you, you know, you're kidding. You're, you're, you're messing
0: with me. Right. I'm like, no, man, I'm not messing with you. This is, this shit's happening. Right. And, and, and I I can't even, I I just, uh, so let me, let me ask you this, John, how do, how do, you know, people that want to get involved, people that want to donate, uh, you know whether it's it's money or they or they have a loved one that's a that's a donor. How how can they get involved with with what it is that you're doing? How do they reach out to you?
1: Well, the first thing is, I mean, the main reason that I'm here is to raise awareness about this and try to hopefully potentially change somebody's mind about becoming a donor. I mean, believe it or not, quadruple amputee, I can drive. I was at the DMV the other uh, like a few months ago, and the guy next to me was doing something there, something with driver's license. And I was already approved. And, you know, the lady asked, him, I was like, Hey, do you want to become an organ donor? And he said, no. And I told him, I was very polite and I was just, you know, Hey man, I didn't mean to be eavesdropping. And I was like, look, you know, can I tell you my story and hopefully change your mind? And after I told him about this, he's like, you know what? I think I want to become an organ donor. So, uh, the first step, and I'm sorry if, no one's, if you guys aren't an organ donor, and it's going to suck because, you know, no one likes to go to the DMV and wait. Um, but you need to either look on the front or back of your driver's license. And if you have that little heart symbol, that means you're an organ donor. If not, please reconsider becoming an organ donor. I mean, I'm a, I am ai don't know if I can be an organ donor because of... Uh, the asper—it's uh, called the Aspergillus, the fungus that ate. And plus, I had a blood transfusion, so I don't know if I can become. I haven't talked to my doctors about that. But if you can, if you have no medical reason, really reconsider your decision, because, I mean, why not try to turn something that you, but something bad, into something good? I mean, like I think it was a month ago, I saw an article where. A young man died and he was an organ donor and his heart went to a Vietnam veteran. Somehow this Vietnam veteran found that family and allowed them to listen to their brother, their husband, their son beating heart in this man's chest. And just in the pictures alone. You can see, I don't know if it was his wife or his sister and his mom, like just breaking down crying while they're listening through this uh, stethoscope and everything. It was just so moving and compelling. So that's the first step. So unfortunately, you have to go to the DMV and wait for them and just up. I don't know if you can do it online in some states, but just go to the DMV and switch it, switch it over. And the next step, I think is probably going to be the worst one. Is you need to sit down your husband, your your wife, um, your mom, your dad, whatever it may be, your next of kin, and tell them what your wishes are. Tell them that hey, look, I heard Sergeant John Peck's story, and look, he's trying to raise awareness for this, for the need of more organ donors, but he's also trying to raise awareness for the need for donors for skin and face and tissue, and eyes and limb transplants that are happening nowadays. And you need to tell them and sit them down. Make sure they're sitting down because they're probably going to cry and nobody wants to think about their death and just tell them, I'm okay with the doctors procuring any and everything that they can use. Some people like to use harvest. I, I don't. I don't like using that word harvest. That just no. I like to use the word procure any and everything that they can use.
0: So, John, why don't you tell us? how people that want to get involved, whether it's make a donation uh, with money or, or they want to get involved, uh, how do they, how do they reach out to you and what organization, I mean, are you part of an organization or how do they reach out to you directly uh, to help in, in what it is that you're looking for?
1: Um, Well, right now I do have a website that basically tells my story, tells me, tells everyone about the recovery that's going to be following or what's going to be needed? Um, I tell them. I kind of give them a glimpse of what the trans, what's to be expected with the transplant. Uh, there's also some pictures on there. Uh, there's a picture of my acceptance letter from the uh, the hospital to show that I've actually been approved. That this is not a fraud, not a scam, or anything like that. And that website is www dot Peck, P-E-C-K fund F-U-N-D dot org and it's uh, org. like I said on there it, it has um, on the support page it has a little PayPal uh, button uh, donation button um, that goes directly to the uh, bank account that me and my trust or I'm sorry my trustee set up uh, there's pictures, like I said, there's my whole school, very sh- kind of shortened version, um, about what's going on, um, and what happened to me and the recovery after injuries and everything like that. And of course there's, you know, about the arm transplant, cause that's, that's the whole purpose of the website. Um, and then later today I will be going to and starting a, uh, GoFundMe page and you know, I'm probably just going to name it, like, I guess, I think you can just do a search on the actual, like, GoFundMe main homepage, whatever, um, and I'm probably just going to label it, like, Sergeant Peck's Transplant Fund, and that would just make the most sense. Um
0: and we'll make sure, and, there. and we'll make sure, John, that we get this out. So, that, folks, those of you that are listening to this, um, we're going to have this out on the Heroes Media Group uh, social media pay, uh, sites, as well as uh, if you go to heroesmediagroup.com, dot uh, com, it'll be up uh, on that site as well, uh, as well as with this interview. Um, so, uh, John, and, and when you get that the GoFundMe up, please uh, you know keep us posted, and 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 uh, I, I know. You know, certain contexts that, that brought us together. I'll make sure that they get that stuff over to me, uh, and we'll Definitely. put that put that up as well. So, um, you know, if you're listening to John's story, it's a, it's an incredible story, and it, it, I'm I'm just kind of at awe. I mean, it, 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 it. You're very brave. Of course, you're a Marine, so uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, going through this, I, I I can't even imagine. But but those of you that you know have loved ones that are. Uh, or, or you yourself, uh, if you if you have not thought about being an organ donor or a, or a donor, then uh, you know consider doing it. And, and and John's got an incredible story. So John, one more time, what's the website that they could go to?
1: Uh, the website to see the whole the shortened version of the story is www dot P E C K fund F U N D dot org. And like I said, pictures are on there. There's a picture of my acceptance letter into the transplant waiting list. Um, there's, you know, my story there's, I mean, I've even done, I mean, I just last December or just this last month in December, I went up to Connecticut to talk to uh great American insurance about my story. And I, I think I changed a few minds up there too. Um, And by the way, this does not apply to any gender. This doesn't just apply to white males between the age of, I believe it has to be between the age of 15 to 50. This does not apply just to that group. There is a young lady who has been waiting on the transplant list for three years. And trust me, when I got approved in August of 2015, There was a guy who who I believe is 40, um, up in Boston, same hospital, who got his transplant, who was only on the waiting list for two months, I believe. Not for long. And I know how I felt, and I was just broken. I was just like, I was happy for the guy, but at the same time, I was envy. I was just jealous of him. I was just like, seriously, like, I've been waiting longer, but you know, it it doesn't really, that doesn't really matter. But this young lady has been waiting for three years for to get hands and she's still waiting. So I'm trying to raise awareness, not just for white males. I mean, I don't care what color your skin type is. I don't care if you're male or female, this applies to anybody. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person waiting for an arm transplant or waiting for leg transplant or face or eyes. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Trust me, we, we don't care. We won't be picky. Um, and my my search pool is really, really open right now. Like, I want to include guys with tattoos, but that's not allowed um, because the hospital is not really ready to do that. Because um, we don't know how it will be perceived by the public. I mean, my search pool is, like like I said, between 15 or 14 to 50 years old, uh, white males, Hispanic, Latino, uh, Spanish descent, Indian descent, I mean my search is open, like wide open for every, anything and everybody. All
0: right. So
1: this doesn't just apply to one skin color, this doesn't just apply to one age group, this doesn't just apply to one gender, This sh- everybody should be thinking about maybe rethinking their donor
0: card. All right. Well, John, I know you got uh, some things uh, moving and shaking uh, over there this morning. And uh, so any final words before we let you go for the day?
1: Oh man, I just, I'm really a big advocate now about this, possibly changing people's mind about becoming uh like I said, organ donors and face and skin and eyes and limb transplant, or uh, limb donors, because a lot of, I mean, believe it or not, a lot of people need it. It's not just combat vets. I mean, there's farming incidents, accidents that happen all the time. There's motorcycle accidents where a guy's arms, like, just deteriorated and ripped off or, you know, amputated immediately. It's not just combat vets. It's a lot of other people need it. So, please, if you can, just put this, maybe I put a little bug in your ear. Maybe you can, you know, rethink your decision of becoming an organ donor and then maybe consider the possibility of being skin and tissue and limb transplant or limb donors too. I leave that choice to you.
0: Awesome. Well, John, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and, and speaking with us and, and educating everybody, all of our listeners and everyone here at the uh, Heroes Media Group uh, company. And, and uh, again, thank you for your service and your sacrifice and everything that you've done for us. Uh, please you know, keep in touch with us. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Decision Hour, uh, with a very special interview with uh john peck so john thanks again buddy thanks man thanks for having me not a problem